Welcome to What We're Afraid to Say from the Pulpit, conversations on public faith and private conviction. Dodd Trump here. Jordan and I began this podcast with some intention that you'll find in episode one of what we're really up to. On this episode two, we ask today, does theology matter? Hey, uh, let's just do this first topic. Maybe we can do some of this today because we're thinking about this theology. And the question is this, does theology matter? Uh, yes. Okay, good. Next, think... next question then. <laughs> I, I think <sighs> theology really sh- shapes how you live in the world, how you see the world, how you see others. How you see yourself, how you see God. Um, one example, a quick example I can give is, you know, I, I grew up, I grew up in a Reformed church, but I like to say it, it functioned very much like an evangelical uh-huh. culture, um, and so. But not contemporary. I feel, right. Yeah, not contemporary. Ex- very exactly. traditional. Those are different for many of us in suburbia. We yes. conflate those two things. Yeah. Um, and that was late '90s. Left Behind was a big thing. Oh, wow. And so my yes, my parents had all the books. I started Did reading you? the teen books, which are terrifying. Uh, and so, so I had that that perspective of the end times. Hold, of, hold it. Pause a second here uh-huh. because this is so great. I didn't know this about you. Yeah. Did you ever read the? There's twelve books, aren't there? Uh, I read the first one. Yeah, there's a lot of them. I, I didn't read the adult ones. Oh. I only read the teens up until like book 10. They have a lot more because they pick it up. Ah, right. This is a series of books about the end of the world and about judgment and revelation. and God, The rapture. The rapture. And it starts off, this is, this is compelling. It starts off, as I recall, because it's been a couple decades since I read the first one and quit, uh, it starts off on an airline. Yep. Uh, and suddenly the pilot's missing or someone, the stewardess, I don't know what. No, the... Just people on the plane. All oh, suddenly I have vanished right. out of, and yeah. here we go. Yeah. And I, wow, dramatic, tried, dramatic start. Oh, they tried it, to reboot it in did like they, did they make 2017. Nicholas Cage was the pilot oh. in that movie. Oh. How so. did that not work? I would watch that. <laughs> I love Nicholas Cage. I hold too much trauma for me. Yeah. I'm not going to watch <laughs> not it. Going. <laughs> Not going back. So anyway, go ahead. I interrupted yeah, you. Yeah. You're talking about left behind and you're reformed. Uh, say a word about the Reformed Church in America. Uh, reformed Church in America is a pretty small denomination that comes out of the Dutch Reformed tradition. Uh, you know, we could go back in history a long time, but like John Calvin, what happened was I think the Reformed Church really followed a lot of John Calvin, where Presbyterian Church was yeah, more John Scottish. Calvin. Yeah, there we go. Sure. Right? Sure. Scottish, Irish, and yeah. John yeah. Knox. Yep. But John Knox learned from John Calvin. So a lot of these denominations we have, actually, it's more cultural sure. than anything. So the Reformed Church came out of the Dutch culture, and um, so that's what I grew up in and was ordained in, um, transferred to PCUSA a couple of years ago. But uh, read the Left Behind books. So I had this perspective, this theology of one day God's going to rapture yes. all the true believers up and all the ones that weren't true believers stay here Thanks. for tribulation, exactly. judgment, all that stuff. 
Uh, Hence you and me sitting in this office in 2020. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And and what I found is believing in that type of theology shapes how you view taking care of creation. Oh, all right. Taking care of others, trying to help eliminate poverty for people. Because if if all you're thinking is that one day we're just going to be taken away, and all of this is going to burn. Right, right. Then really Why spend no, any time worrying about it? Right. There's no urgency to really take sure. care of people, care for people. Um, Interesting. Instead, your urgency comes from people need to hear the gospel uh-huh. and so that they're part so of the elect. They're saved. Yeah. yeah. So that they can be raptured up or disappear. Yeah. I think so. <laughs> <laughs> What a strange worldview. I only had subtle exposure to that in college in the summer I spent in Costa Rica with missionaries. But otherwise, I was very mainline Presbyterian. We we were all embarrassed by Left Behind and even by the evangelical world that seemed too Mm emotion-driven and reactive and silly literal interpretations of text that we saw as metaphorical. We should talk about emotional manipulation in worship. Oh, that, I'll, I'll, I'll write it down. Uh, when we come to talk about worship, what we're trying to do, about the artistry and what we shape and what's going on. And yeah. what, oh my gosh, I got stories to tell from that. See, I do have this whole branch of summers at Christian camp. Mm-hmm. And as I moved into leadership as a 19 and 20 and 21 year old, what we would do on Friday night at campfire. Yeah. I was good at it. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm, I'm not entirely proud of it now, but we'll, uh-huh. we'll talk about all yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Wow. <laughs> theology, theology shapes all that. That's really a helpful reminder, Jordan, about the care for creation or others if we're on this doomed timeline. And another thing that works into that from Reformed theology is uh, uh, total depravity. So you yes. mix total depravity with this rapture end times theology. God. And what fun you are. Right. And, yeah. and so, like, the total depravity piece is well, people aren't going to change anyway. unless they believe in Jesus. Right. Then they'll miraculously change. Right. And so then you really, you really don't care about meeting the needs of people. You care more about them believing the same thing you do. So then you become very judgmental of people as well because you're judging, are they in my camp? Do they believe the same things I do? Well, they clearly don't. I'm not going to talk to them. I Uh shouldn't care for them because I'm just enabling them. And it just causes all kinds of worldview stuff that affects how you live in the world. Now, you also uh, are young enough. You're a generation younger than me. You had to worry about worldview. That that came along. We didn't talk about worldview at all. Mm Even in seminary in the 80s, it wasn't. It was not that big of a deal. Yeah, it seemed like it became formal language of a philosophical underpinning to such uh-huh. reformed or evangelical conservative tend to be more literal readings. That your worldview of what truth, how we even know things, etc. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was big in college. In my college, Trinity Christian College, which was a yep. all right reformed church, traditionally reformed church school. It's not connected to any denomination, but uh, it comes from that Christian reform, Dutch reform exactly. tradition. But talked all about worldview there and how to be 
uh, what was it? Maybe it was Kingdom Builders or something like. It was, it was helping. A worldview to help change and affect culture, uh, rather All than right. running away from it. That seems to be like a re-engagement. I think that would be a yeah. good thing, supposedly, yeah. like a response to we've been too otherworldly or something. Yeah. We need to come back. All right. Yeah. Thanks for listening to What We're Afraid to Say from the Pulpit. Do you think <laughs> right now, what percentage of the congregation that might be listening to this is thinking, what the hell are they talking about? <laughs> I have never heard this. This isn't relevant. That's not what I would ever hear from a pulpit. I've never heard Jordan or Don talk about this. Is it brand new? Is it stuff that they kind of know, mm -hmm. but have already disregarded? Or they flat out rejected? Uh, <laughs> I don't know the answer I, to that, by the way. I, I think it's a couple things. One, some of it, what I've encountered with people at New Hope is some of them have no clue about like rapture theology right, or evangelical right. Christian and, culture. And, and when I explain some of that stuff to them, they look at me like I'm crazy. I'm like, no, this is real stuff. <laughs> it's like we've talked about in our Twitter feeds. How much do you bring that up to point yeah. out to someone and say, hey, look how crazy this is. And they don't say, oh, that's crazy. They say, what is that even? Yeah. Why are you bringing this up? Here's the Why controversy would you spend... this week on, on, on a Here's the hottest controversy. <laughs> exactly. Yes, what our lives can bounce around about that others would say, what, what yeah. is that? Yeah. And this is the stuff you and I live yeah. in. We swim yeah. in. It's, and other people... Most of the time for people, church is Sunday, right? Yes. And then the faith kind of goes on autopilot during the week. Um, but, <laughs> but I think the other thing is, yeah, one, uh, people don't know about it. Two, I think people know things and just, and just assume that's what all of Christianity no, so, believes. Right, right. We are very... Uh, siloed in that, surrounded by people think like, uh, we assume think like us. They think we're in here, they think we are computer coders arguing the merits of Linux and COBOL and other languages that I can't remember. And they're like, I never, all I ever see is the computer program. Why would that be, matter to me? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so technical. Right. I was, um, that's, that's discouraging. I love theology. Uh, what I keep on thinking about was in the in the 90s, right as I was leaving New Jersey as an associate and moving to Boise to be a solo pastor, uh, I was receiving a Princeton Seminary Quarterly called Theology Matters. Such a clever title, Theology Matters, get it? It's issues about theology, but it was also an insistent that Theology Matters. Remember, Don, Theology Matters. Yep. And I don't know if I was just getting into post-modernity at the time, but when I held that magazine, I can still feel this standing above my desk looking out over the park in Summit, New Jersey, out my office window. Um, uh, one of the meanings of Theology Matters as an insistent reminder is, uh, wow, theology must not matter, or else you wouldn't have to remind people of this. It's the church, the professors stamping their feet saying, it does too matter, mm -hmm. and even, even uh, pastors finding themselves a few months, a few years in the church saying, wait a minute, what was I trained in? What does the congregation really need to hear? Uh -huh. What will 
what will be meaningful for the worshiping community and what's going to cause me a lot of grief because they're going to accuse me of being an egghead or dragging down too many arcane avenues right. that don't land the other 167 hours of their week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I should say I don't, um, I, I think when I said that, you know, a lot of people maybe at New Hope go on autopilot on their faith during right. the week. What I mean by that is not that you just forget about it, but I think there's, I know people do devotionals and things mm-hmm. like that, but that's a minefield of things too. For me personally, thinking about the content of devotionals, and some of them are just very basic and right. fluff, I would say. Sure. Uh, sure. But, but a lot of them don't do a lot of what you're talking about, the theological frameworks. It's stuff. really more self-help or yeah. meditative good stuff how to feel better by yourself, how to bring more peace to your life. Yeah. So people are engaged with their faith, but they're not necessarily engaged with theology and doctrine. Right. Or sense. even Bible but, study of some sort. Or But it all is connected to theology, so I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> no, they are all connected. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And one of the joys I love about my job is how much they are connected. You'll send me an article or goofy something from Twitter like you did this morning, first uh-huh. thing, and I'll think, oh, this fits in perfectly what we're talking about, or yes, I could have used that. would have been a hysterical uh-huh. illustration of last week's sermon, or filing things away because it's spiritually or it's emotionally mature or intriguing. Right. And I think most of the time when we say theology, people, maybe their eyes glaze over because uh-huh. uh, it feels too above their head and... Um, and, and they think, and you gave a sermon on this a couple of months ago. Bonus points to the associate for quoting the head of staff. How the Presbyterian Church kind of started the um, uh, fundamentalism. Yeah, a century ago. Because I think that that's part of it. Like People feel like it's way too much theology. So let's break it down yeah. to the fundamentals, the basics, and teach people that. Yeah. But what, we've, what I've seen is the problem with that is people have no ability to have um, dissonance. Uh, it huh. has to be black and white. These are the basics right. we've been given. And so if you veer from this right. basic, sure. uh, then you're out of that. <laughs> you're not even a Christian to me anymore, right? Uh-huh. Uh, so we can't handle the the murkiness and grayness of faith in the Christian tradition because uh, I may disappoint some people, but Christian history, man, there's all kinds of different thoughts and right. traditions and Way richer than we and, think. Yeah. yeah. And much more of a pluralism, theologies, right. etc. You, uh, if people get a chance to listen to you talk about movies, this is, uh, this is your shtick uh, that you love thinking about the narrative, the story the movie's telling, mm-hmm. and also you're so keenly attuned to the symbolism, the characters that are always inviting us to read deeper. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of your prime agendas in teaching and preaching, and now to hear you talk about it, your prime agenda of life. We should be reading more deeply our own lives, what's yeah. going on around us. Yeah, the other religion, the theology around us. That probably has to do with a lot of the personal work I've done in therapy. We, uh, <laughs> Learning oh about why do wow. I do certain things? Why do uh-huh. certain things hurt me? Why do certain things make me feel a certain way? And uh-huh. you dig down and you figure out, oh, it's from this wound yes. or that. And once you start recognizing that and reading the subtext of yourself, you start to understand 
yourself and life a little bit better. Uh, we should, uh, gosh, oh, we should draw this to a close, except I'm thinking you just said a beautiful passage for another conversation, uh, the interrelation between psychotherapy and theology. Mm -hmm. And yeah. what we both had to learn over years of being married, uh, being pastors, yeah. preaching, teaching, and how that interacts with, you know, emotional health. Yeah. Um, what happens when you try to extrovert that and learn from that? We've got to talk about self-disclosure from the pulpit. We're going to talk about boundaries in ministry. Excellent. We get to, we're going to talk about worship in the future. <laughs> We've written worship joys and complaints. <laughs> we get to talk about weddings and funerals, sermon illustrations, all stuff that goes in. Uh, good. That'll be fun. Yeah. It's going to be a lot of fun. Good deal. Thanks Can for listening. Do I say thank you? Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Bye, everybody. <laughs> Thanks for listening to What We're Afraid to Say from the Pulpit. Conversations on public faith and private conviction.